This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes, Chair of the Michigan Democratic Party. The word this week, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, respect. In the last week, there have been two major developments showing respect. Respect for LGBTQ Michiganders as the governor signs a law expanding the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation or identity and respect for workers. Under the Snyder administration, there were continual attacks on the rights of workers to improve their working conditions and their pay. The most egregious, after saying that so-called right-to-work legislation wasn't on his agenda, Governor Snyder and Republicans jammed through a ban on union shop contracts during a lame-duck legislative session. The bill passed with no committee hearings. Just this week, the former governor doubled down on his betrayal of workers with an op-ed in the Detroit News claiming that repealing the law means Michigan is now closed to business. Also passed, restoring Michigan's prevailing wage law, which requires that workers on a government-funded project get paid a wage consistent with the local prevailing wage. In a moment, we'll talk with Michigan AFL-CIO President Ron Bieber about the impact of the two pro-worker efforts. But first, a summary of the week's news on politics and policies. Here's MDP's Dorian Tyus. Here are some of the stories driving policy and politics this week. Michigan Democrats moved one step closer Thursday to putting in place new gun safety measures after Senate lawmakers advanced a trio of proposals to expand background checks as well as establish gun storage requirements and a new red flag law. Michigan Senate Democrats passed gun safety measures that previously stalled in Lansing the last time a mass school shooting at Oxford High School rattled the state. The bills passed on party-line votes with the exception of a pair of bills to temporarily exempt firearm safety devices from sales and use taxes, which had the support of two GOP senators. The legislation taken up Thursday would subject all those purchasing firearms to a background check, allow law enforcement officers and family members to petition a court to temporarily take away guns from those deemed dangerous and establish penalties for those who fail to keep their guns out of the hands of children. With Congress remaining gridlocked on gun safety measures, President Joe Biden has signed an executive order aimed at expanding background checks nationally. The White House said the move will get the U.S. as close to universal background checks as possible. Governor Whitmer has signed legislation expanding the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act to include the rights of the LGBTQ plus community. Originally passed in 1976, Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act prohibits discriminatory practices, policies, and customs in the exercise of those rights based upon religion, race, color, national origin, age, sex, height, weight, familial status, or marital status. The changes further protect the rights and freedoms of Michiganders by including sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression in the plain language of the act. The Whitmer administration has launched a $10 million micro-business loan program for women and entrepreneurs of color in Michigan. Entrepreneurs will be able to apply for up to $50,000 in loans through the Michigan Economic Opportunity Fund. The fund will be able to assist approximately 400 entrepreneurs with loans averaging $25,000. 
A news report from the Economic Defense Fund shows that 11% of the jobs created in the electrical vehicle manufacturing industry are in Michigan. Investments of $16.6 billion will create 16,300 direct jobs in Michigan with tens of thousands more indirect jobs. Governor Whitmer and Wayne State University have announced the Wayne State Guarantee, a new initiative offering incoming Michigan students with family incomes of $70,000 or less a tuition-free degree with zero out-of-pocket expenses. The program will begin in the fall of 2023 and cover the full cost of tuition and standard fees. This is made possible thanks to the Bipartisan Michigan Achievement Scholarship Program, which Governor Whitmer signed into law in 2022. The Detroit News reports that the new chair of the Michigan Republican Party says the GOP is facing $460,000 in debt and is in a pickle about the looming presidential primary race. Earlier, the news reported the party will abandon its downtown Lansing headquarters because it can't afford the cost of keeping the headquarters open. Attorney General Dana Nessel joined a coalition of 20 attorneys generals in an amicus brief pushing back against the ongoing misguided effort led by Texas to end the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program, also known as DACA. The coalition reiterates the critical importance of DACA for states across the country and the hundreds of thousands of dreamers and their families who depend on the program, including the more than 6,542 Michiganders who have directly benefited from DACA. You can find links for more information on these stories on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. For Michigan Democratic Party headquarters in Lansing, I'm Dorian Tyus. Passage of pro-worker laws was a high priority for Democrats during the 2022 campaign. Those promises are being kept with repeal of the state's so-called right-to-work law, along with reinstituting a requirement that prevailing wages be paid on government-funded projects. Our Walt Sorg talked with Michigan AFL-CIO President Ron Bieber about these major actions by legislative Democrats. Ron Bieber, a tremendous week for not just union members in Michigan, but for workers in Michigan. What does the passage of these two bills and the imminent signature of the governor mean for working people? Well, it's a historic first step to undo undo decades of attacks on working people in Michigan. We're hopefully looking to end a lot of worker suppression laws that were enacted during the Snyder and Cali uh, 10 through 18 years that were nothing more than needless attacks on the rights of working people. We want to make Michigan a workers' rights state again. And these these two bills that hopefully we'll close out next week and go to the governor are, are a great first step towards that. The Department of Labor, through the Bureau of Labor Statistics, reports that union workers, workers with union representation, make about 17% more than non-union workers. But what does this mean for the non-union workers? Will it, will it raise wages for them as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when when uh, when when we fight and win wage increases in a union-represented facility, that raises the standard and it brings all workers up. A, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? And that's that number is exactly right. The number I always cite it, it, it's eight thousand nine hundred and eighty-nine dollars more on average that a working person makes in a non-right-to-work state versus a right-to-work state. But we represent union members and union facilities, but really we represent all workers. We want to 
raise the living standard for all workers. In Michigan, 40% of the workers don't make enough money just to survive, just to provide the basics for their family. There's a report called the Alice Report that comes out and does a study in every uh, county in Michigan. And it's it's not the way we want to have this state function, I don't think. I don't want to, and I wouldn't think the majority of the, of the citizens of Michigan want that to be the way we function in our state. It appears there's going to be a petition drive led by opponents of uh, organized labor to put into the Constitution basically the right to work and also perhaps get rid of prevailing wage legislation. How do you fight this? I think that the, that the citizens of Michigan will fight it. it. They This is coming from Betsy DeVos and her billionaire class friends uh, wanting to meddle again in just imposing their philosophy. It doesn't impact them in the slightest bit, but they need to be careful. Since 2012, when this was enacted in Michigan, things have changed dramatically. Uh, all you have to do is look at the landscape and people just aren't going to aren't going to take these worker suppression tactics anymore. But look at our neighbors in, in Ohio in 2014. They tried to put right to work on the ballot and they couldn't even get enough signatures to qualify for the ballot in 2018 in Missouri. And Missouri is a deep red state. It went to the ballot and it was defeated by 67 percent of the voters in a deep red state. And you got to remember, these things can go both ways. Last year in our neighbors in Illinois, uh, they passed, the citizens of, of Illinois passed a ballot proposal to enshrine correct, collective bargaining rights and organizing rights in their constitution by a, by a large, large margin. Now, I've seen Betsy DeVos and her billionaire buddies cite last year to Tennessee um, went the opposite way. But Tennessee is a deeply conservative state. I would argue that we've got a lot more here in Michigan in common with Illinois than we do with Tennessee. So these things can go both ways and it could backfire on them. My suspicion is that their primary argument, if this does go to the ballot, will be that the combination of these bills is going to raise costs for people who are not in unions. It's going to raise costs for taxpayers. How would you respond to that? Well, I'll, I'll say it this way, Walt, and I listened to the House committee testimony the week before and I was at the and testified in the Senate Labor Committee this week. And those who want to keep these worker suppression right to work bills, they use the term competitive, that Michigan needs to be a competitive state. And that's a catchy, sounds good type phrase that, that Michigan has to be competitive. But they don't define what that means. So I'll define for you what, what that means when that buzzword competitive, when they use that. It means lower wages for Michigan's working families. That's exactly what it means. It means Michigan's families have fewer benefits like health care. And it means Michigan's workers have less safe workplaces and are then at more risk for injury or death on the job. Now I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It does not mean one penny less for uh, salaries or bonuses for already highly compensated and filthy rich CEOs or corporate executives. All this competitive talk, and that that's just a buzzword. It's uh, it's not what Michigan, the majority of Michigan's workers are going to want. You talk, you talk about competition. One major competition that's going on right now is in the industry you come out of, the auto industry, over the development of uh, electric vehicles. And you've got the major player on the non-union side is going to be Tesla. And on the union side, the, the traditional big three, but especially Ford and General Motors, 
the articles I've seen recently indicate that Ford and General Motors are poised to actually win that battle. Yeah, it looks like it. You know, and 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 I'll say it this way: you don't see Ford and General Motors jumping up and down that they need Michigan to be a right-to-work state either. We've we've figured this out. We've been at this labor relations business between employers and their union representation for a long, long time, and we've pretty much got it figured out. We uh, we work together to solve problems and. And that's why I think General Motors and, and Ford and the rest of the domestic auto companies are going to be on the winning side of these of these issues or battles over the future of work in the auto industry. What about all the money that's going into infrastructure from the federal government and also the state government through Governor Whitmer's fix the damn roads policies? Does this have an impact on that in either direction? Well, it will when they reinstate prevailing wage. And uh, uh, that's prevailing wage does nothing more than guarantee taxpayer value. And it ensures quality and safety in public construction projects on the things that we want done and done right the first time, like roads and bridges and schools. We don't want shoddy, unsafe schools being built by uh, unscrupulous contractors who come in and lowball low bids and then bring in uh, unqualified workers. We want, uh, prevailing wage sets a floor for wages, and it prevents these shoddy contractors from coming in and and um, lowballing bids, and then using shoddy materials or uh, unqualified workers. How would you describe your mood this week? Especially, we're recording on St. Patrick's Day, so you got to be celebrating anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, this has been a long, long struggle for workers in Michigan. You know, we got this snot kicked out of us unneedlessly with all these worker suppression laws. And, you know, this this change of events here didn't happen overnight. It was a decade, over a decade's worth of on our way back. And, you know, the citizens of Michigan contributed to that by changing the rules and unrigging the rules around um, not allowing them to rig the districts and having fair elections and, and um, all the... Uh, voter suppression laws that were taken out in a ballot proposal by the citizens of Michigan. That It's been a combination of all that. And and frankly, workers being treated badly so bad and then the, the pandemic feeling unsafe and and um, employers not doing the right thing by their workers. Workers have just had enough and they're, they're not going to take it anymore. And they're fighting back and making change and positive change. So the mood of working people in Michigan this week and probably next week is pretty good, Walt. Ron Bieber, president of the Michigan AFL-CIO. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Walt. With that, we come to the end of this week's report. We urge you to subscribe to our weekly podcast and share it on your social media. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast app or on our website, partyonthepeninsulas.com. Thank you for making us part of your day. Party on the Peninsula is a production of the Michigan Democratic Party.